Crickets listeners, because you are listening to the Infinicast, a Patreon sideshow where we watch Infinity Train. I'm one of your conductors, Nero. And I'm the other one, Jane. And we're starting it. We're watching Infinity Train, and uh, already this is a very surprising show, a very striking show. Yeah, it just sort of comes right out the gate uh, with everything. It's, uh, like, I I genuinely didn't know anything about, like, this show. I, I uh, ended up watching the pilot uh, years ago when um, when it came out, the one with the, the Corgi King and everything. But uh, they've, they've really... They they really just come right out the uh, the front door here with the uh, with the themes. They sure do. Um, we notice, you know, it's like well, these the Infinity Train is is like kind of structured. You got two uh, ten minute episodes uh, smashed together into one, you know, like a like a Steven Universe style or, or uh, Adventure Time style structure. And we thought, uh oh, well, does that mean we'll have to? do more episodes per podcast no 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 we'll have we'll have uh an exceptionally large amount to talk about here but episodes um, are dense they may not be long but they are dense they're very dense um uh one of the one thing i want to talk about before we actually get uh into it proper uh well two things one this show's got voice actors in it yeah, just a, a sort of... We got of, Kate Mulgrew is here? Yeah, Kate Mulgrew, uh, Lena Headey, Lena Headey, however you say that, of, you know, Game of Thrones fame. Ernie Hudson, Margaret Cho, Bill Corbett. J.K. Simmons is J. here. J.K. Simmons. Everybody's here. Everybody's here. It's kind of wild. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, all of these people show up. Um... The other thing is the art style is really pleasant. It's like the the actual sort of character design is uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty simplified, but it's really nice. Uh, I like how Tulip's hair has kind of like these little negative spaces in it to sort of define where uh, like the hair kind of uh, starts sort of separating out in the back uh, on her ponytail. It's really cute. Um, the, the background paintings, uh, the matte paintings they use are really gorgeous. Um, uh, I think the, that that's done super well. Uh, the way that lighting interacts with the characters, uh, and the way sort of, uh, the camera moves feels very good to me. It feels very good in a way that's different from what I would have expected from this kind of a show. Yes. Also, not to stick on it, but also Wayne Knight, Alfred Molina, you know, names. And this is not to discount our uh, our main cast here, specifically Ashley Johnson, fairly well-known voice actor. You know, you've, you've almost certainly heard her somewhere. She was Tara on Teen Titans. Oh my god, it is Tara. I just like I, I like it is it is really in her voice actually. Yes, this performance is very Tara-ish. She's also Ellie in The Last of Us. She's on Critical Role. She's Gwen in like the later Ben 10 properties, like the time skip one. Oh yeah, she she's is. She's been all she? over the place. 
And uh, she's here as our central character, at least for this first season, because the thing about Infinity Train is that it is an anthology. Every season will have a new uh, sort of central character and central conceit. So this time... I I, I extremely didn't know that, actually. It is an anthology anthology show, and uh, this first season follows Tulip, a, uh, a young lady who uh in, in rural wisconsin who is uh a, a game designer yeah she's a little nerd and she likes to code and she likes to design little games she likes to eat onions she loves to eat raw onions which is pretty funny she she's she's cool i i really like i really like how she she's sort of set up here she's got like a like a very good like sense of personality i feel and uh she's she's good i like yeah and so yeah we we are introduced to her uh walking home with her friend she's just chomping on an onion and uh she's very excited about going to this game jam at oshkosh uh with her dad We, we we immediately established quite a few things her parents are divorced um and her dad gets her on weekends i guess or is like uh, her dad is at least going to drive her to this game jam. Yeah, her friend actually sort of like immediately does like makes a very bad call where they're having a completely pleasant conversation, and then uh, Tulip mentions, "Oh yeah, my dad's coming over," and then her friend's just like, "Uh, isn't that kind of weird? I mean, like your parents are divorced now. Doesn't that make everything weird?" And it's like, "Yeah, but." You don't have I gotta to, say, you don't it. have to say it out loud. Oh, I mean, I think she knows. I think the girl knows. Yeah, like, come on, Grace. I believe her name is Grace. And um, yeah, is she actually named? I didn't hear her I name. I think they say it once. And um, regardless, doesn't really matter. So Tulip goes inside, and and she is getting ready to like jam out. We see her uh coding her game, which is like a a very sort of primitive space invaders-esque thing and with this yeah a game called good guys pop the bad guys a very game jam name for a game and what this feels a bit anachronistic um i feel like because i think there's just something about the style of game and i think her computer that feels very much 90s um but she has a smartphone yeah, there's like a little bit of an anachronism going on. I don't know if it's like... Because, I mean, here's the thing, right? You can have like a fairly modern computer that's still running like Windows XP and has like a CRT in it or whatever. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can see where this would be like... Anachron- this could take place literally at any time between like 1999 and now. Yeah is the thing you know looking at it it's definitely not as old as i thought it was upon upon first looking at it, but it definitely looks like a computer lab computer so this could be like mid 2000s probably um yeah because it's it is like a windows xp yeah. like i'm looking at it, yeah it looks like windows xp on oh it totally computer. is windows xp you're right yeah so the and and the game also looks so extremely like that era of like back when it was like okay yeah we're gonna learn how to code and do stuff it was like yeah you would you would go and 
make a game like in Flash or like in 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 Shockwave or whatever, and you would, and it would look like that. It would look like a a Space Invaders thing. It'd be like this completely like single plane, like uh, long like portrait style, sh- like little shoot 'em up thing like that. That's like the classic exercise. Yeah. And so after she she figures out how to make the guy move and shoot, and she's very excited about that, uh, her mom calls her down. She, like, walked past her mom on the phone when she got home, and... Yeah. Her mom, who was very exasperated sounding on the phone, actually. Yes. And we learn why here, because apparently some some uh, some scheduling fuck-ups happened, and her dad didn't know, like, he didn't know the date of the game jam and scheduled a work trip. And her mom has like a, a twelve-hour shift at the hospital, and all of this, and so she can't go. Yeah, and these scenes are really well done. Like, I don't know. Like th- this, this could just be a conversation that happened between my own parents. Even like, there's there's a lot of really, I don't like. It's just it's handled like really well, where it's like. You get this, this like sense of of tension between like these two these two separated parents here who like like they're still trying but like they're clearly, you know it's they're they're kind of in over their heads here and it doesn't help that they're like trying to work with each other after having like probably some pretty bad blood and. You know, and and for Tula's part, it just feels it feels terribly unfair. She's just like, they made a promise, they signed a contract, even it was put on the fridge and everything. Yeah, it was notarized. And like, she definitely doesn't take it well. But also, her mom is perfectly understands. Like, yeah, I know it's not fair. It sucks. I'm sorry. Um, but you know, Tulip storms up to her room and decides that you know what, fuck it. She's just gonna go to Oshkosh on her own. <laughs> she's going to put on her Uggs. She's going to put on her little backpack and she's going to walk 300 miles all the way to Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Yeah, she's like, it's just, it, the pamphlet just says, it's just a hop away. And she's like, 300 miles is not a hop. Um, but luckily she won't have to walk all that way because apparently there's a train stop in the middle of this forest. Yeah, just in the middle of this forest where like, clearly one second beforehand it was just dirt suddenly there's a little concrete platform and a massive train with glowing green windows appears and it's it releases a bunch of hissing smoke and the door opens and right above it a little flip out flippy display is like oshkosh and glowing green text this is perfectly normal is <laughs> like oh neat cool not not just not considering how bizarre everything happening right now is so she gets on uh, and gets sucked yeah. into the train and wakes up in a field of snow yeah now see this this is the real danger right you wake up in a field you get on this big crazy train you you wake up in a field of snow and at any moment at any moment a horrible cg simulacrum of tom hanks could show yeah, up do not board the polar express also you, you'll have to be more specific because there are like four tom hanks in that movie he plays are the there? conductor he plays the like hobo guy who might be the spirit of the train and he also plays santa claus he's all of them that's 
That's kind of scary. I mean, the conductor yes. guy. The conductor guy scares conductor... me. That guy is. <laughs> I don't like his very dead the eyes. Tom Hanks conductor is very scary. I think the nerd child in that movie is way worse. He is also really scary. Yeah, but uh, it's. She wakes up here in this field of snow. Thankfully, there are no Zemeckis nightmare beings around. Um, what she didn't. Yeah, thankfully. What she instead finds is a funny little ball guy. Um, who's yeah, just a little who orb. Seems to have two halves of, of a personality. One of them is a chipper British lad, and the other one is like a sort of depressed Marvin the paranoid android style robot. Yes. Um, also, apparently. Um, at least the sort of depressed half is voiced by the creator of the show. Yes, Owen Dennis voices the 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 sad half. Uh, the the glad half is a like British character actor who I don't think has has done anything like super notable, but he's just around. Sort of reminded me of Wheatley's voice, bit. but like, but not 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 quite. as chipper. Um, Wheatley is like. Uh, he he is on like, another level of being annoyingly upbeat. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, this little orb guy uh, is pretty cute. Name's One One. Um, he's looking for his mom. Um, he doesn't really know what that means. No, what or what a mom is? Yeah, he she like touches him because he was he on the head of a snowman, and she's just kind of bonking all the snowmen. And she touches him on the head, and he's like, "Oh, are you my mom?" She's like, "What? No." Um, and and yeah, one one is just like one one. I don't know what's up with this little guy. He seems this seems like there's something more going on here. Uh, it's weird that there's yeah. just this little orb guy hanging out, but uh, he kind of just tags along with her, uh, and they get into this gigantic snowman with a door in its like base and they enter a grid room yeah well before that so so a couple of things actually so first uh our little orb friend here is like oh we're trapped in here forever there's no way we can leave but luckily tulip can open doors <laughs> she can operate a doorknob uh which That's is pretty right. great yeah. she she's like yeah, the orb is like, oh, well, no, well, we can't leave here. We're trapped in this field forever. And then she just opens the door, and he goes, oh, you can reach doorknobs. We're saved. We're saved, yeah. And uh, that's when they get to the, the grid room. Yeah, the the, the the musical Street Fighter V training room, where if you press one of the little squares, a little cube pops out and makes a little funny noise. It does look like the grid. Um, yeah, and so they're just like, they're just fooling around with the grid, they're making squares, they're doing Minecraft. Um, and and uh, She makes her little funny guys from her video yeah, game, t- uh, the bad guy and the good yeah, guy. Yeah, Tulip tells 1-1 about it. This is the, these are the games I make, this is like the best game yet. Um, and then... How many games have you made? One? <laughs> I, I mean, it's true then. It is It is her best game yet. It's true. I, I just, I love that. It's so like, like, yeah, of course, this is the first game you've made because probably everything else has been like, here's how you make a guy yep. move. <laughs> we just, we saw her figuring that out. She was reading it out of like a book. She had, she had to figure out how to make the guy move. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty it was pretty cool. Also, like I I love the fact that they showed 
Like, they actually showed the terminal that she was, like, putting the code into. Like, if you could read that, like, like none of that text was legible, but, like, assuming you could read it, you could probably just use that code. Like, it was, it was pretty nice. Yeah, for sure. It was really cool. I, I didn't expect them to actually show her, like, coding stuff. Um, but, yeah, there's just, they're just, like, a command prompt uh, open or whatever and just, like, just, just typing stuff in there and making the guy move. Pretty sick. Um, pretty and sick. And so then... They like hear a noise and they open the door back out, and um. Well, you're not in Kansas anymore, well, yeah. lady, and you're also not in fucking yeah, Wisconsin. Definitely, you're in hell. hell. Yeah, you're on like a nightmare planet with a huge swirling storm above you. Um, there's yeah really fucked up cockroach dogs running around. Yeah. Yeah, so this is this is some SCP when the dawn breaks yeah. shit that is happening right now. Like the whole world is like burned to ash. The ground is cracked and dry in every direction. Everything's flat. There's no life anywhere. Uh, the sky is like a vortex of pain and misery. And a big light tendril shoots into the side of the train and grabs a guy. And dissolves him and sucks him up into the sky. And our and our brave heroine sees this and says, Okay, I'm fucking out <laughs> yeah. of here. And she immediately starts screaming and running off of the train uh, before she gets stuck in the mud and a bunch of cockroach hounds show up to kill her. I hate these things. They are nasty. They're horrible. They are, they're, they're like vaguely dog shaped, but they're completely black. Like, uh, like they're like vans. Yeah. Like they look like they, they, I just don't like the way that they are colored. They really stand out. They have horrible tendrils and like weird sifter mouths that we soon find out once one, uh, chases her into the grid car um can like suck your soul out seemingly yeah she like like one of them pounces on her in the in the grid room because she tries to get back on the train she gets in the grid room one of them like forces its way through the door and um she's trying to 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 get away from it and it it pounces on her and she starts turning really old like she gets very wrinkly and like gaunt as like the blue life energy is drained out of her uh but luckily uh one one uh can separate into two halves and uh and he like ejects uh one half of himself at the uh at the cockroach hound and uh gets him gets him off of her and she sort of bowls him towards the door and is like, hey, can you build a wall, please? Um, and he builds a little house, uh, which is great. Yeah, it's adorable. It's Good great because he's we, we, like, she's like, how's that wall doing? And he's like, well, it's, it's more of a house. And then he's like, oh, it doesn't have a roof. Should I just start over? Um, it's extremely cute. Uh, yeah, I, I love this. I love this little order. It's a great He's little a fun orb. little guy. Uh, so they they manage to evade the horrid beast and uh, leave that car behind. But Tulip has a glowing number on her hand now. Yeah, she at one point in the grid room, she took off her like single glove that she brought with her, and she noticed there's like this uh, very fancy glowing green uh, one fifteen. Yep. 
that is now on her palm that is just sort of hovering above it, like very, very slightly off the surface of her palm. And she's a bit scared of what that could possibly mean. And uh, so she she's like, okay, this is this is kind of nuts. Um, how do I get off this train? And one one is like, okay, well, so first off, that number means you're going to die. <laughs> um, so be careful about that one. Uh, but two, I don't know, maybe talk to the conductor. Yep. So so she's like, all right, time to set off for the front of the train. Which you cannot see because this train is extremely long. Um, infinite, maybe. Infinite, even. maybe. And so, yeah, we just start right in. Oh, we should say that that episode was called The Grid Car. Uh, each of the episodes here in book one are just named after the different cars they explore. So now we are on episode two, The Beach Car. And I really love how we immediately start off with just some fucking train exploration. We just get in quick succession like three different cars that they are going through. We do, we do. Um, before we talk about that though, I just wanted to like point out I love the intro for this yes. show. It's like it's very like brief, but the first off the logo design is next fucking level it is insane how good the logo for this show looks like the visual design of that uh, of of the show in general but like the the title is it it is incredible how good that is and like the the like music of it the fact that it's just sort of superimposed over these like massive like monolithic train wheels rolling by it's it's really good it's really really good it's really good uh accompanied of course by some cool synth wave um oh yeah i gotta have the cool synth wave it's it's crucial so we just start out uh in a the crossword car uh tulip is like piloting (laughs) a little rocket ship and solving a crossword with like a giant like stamping tool meanwhile one one is just he's helping He's helping. He's he's writing little little things in all the squares. He's trying his best. Uh, some and they're adorable. There's there's so many things here, right? So like, it's like one one's got the style, uh, which is which is a great uh, Homestar Runner reference, by the way. Uh, one one brings the funk. I love, that one's uh, my favorite. Fan, yeah, one one number one. Uh, one bun. There's one where where he's drawn himself with little rabbit ears. Um, world's greatest showman probably Mm -hmm. uh there's like a tulip um and of course and this is the most important one he does know how to draw the cool that's right he draws smile with the cool s in it um yeah just just some some great uh stuff that he has filled out um and they move on you know, it, it, this whole uh, intro part is basically establishing Tulip and One One's kind of dynamic, where he he is sort of her bumbling companion who often like fucks up and gets them into trouble. Uh, for example, when they are sneaking through a gnome cave full of the be- the beard gnome the beard cave. gnome cave, where all of I believe they call them slum beards. Because they're slumbering and they're living beards that have gnome hats, um, and Tulip's like, "All right, just use your six-inch voice." 
And then he starts, you said my 60-inch voice, right? And all of the gnomes wake up and they're running from them, slinging spells as we just hear spells. 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 And there's also Owen Dennis voicing all of the gnomes. Yes, all of these weird little wizards. Love these little wizards. They're so Um, freaky. I love that they're just living beards. It's great. Spells. Um, and they end up in the next room, which is the pinball room, which is, uh, you know, they're sort of in like a hamster ball situation, trying to play a game of pinball, and uh, and she gets like what, like the second highest score, the fourteenth highest score, something like yeah. that. There is a mo- there's a moment where uh, one one's like the gut was that way, and the and the and then he rolls the ball that way, and he says it's where I belong. It's great. Um, and actually, it's after this room that um, that she notices that the number has gone down, uh, I believe, to 114, either 114 or 113. And and one one's like, oh, oh, yeah, that that's that's bad. Uh, if it reaches zero, that means you'll die. And then she just sort of has a moment where she's like. God, what the hell? I just wanted to go to game design camp, and now I'm stuck on this stupid train, and I'm gonna die. <sighs> None of this is fair. None of this is fair, and so she goes through the next door and finds this idyllic coastland, this uh, this beautiful countryside, and she spies a cat in a very snazzy vest talking to a living water man. Um, sort of a slime, sort of guy. a slime guy, sort of a a Mulholland situation, a little bit, um, just a tad. And she's like on a pile of junk, and is just basically trying to scam him into buying a lead pipe by claiming it is a donut holder. Yes, she's sort of trying to sell him on a pyramid scheme, where like, uh, like he buys the donut holder. Um, and, like, and he gets to make his own business with it or whatever, like, making donuts. And I'll have He even says, oh, like a pyramid scheme. He was like, no, not a pyramid scheme. More like a pyramid team. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, um... And, and the cat's also like, ah, and I'll, I'll, I'll have you know, on top of everything else, this donut holder is the only one in the world certified by my close personal friend, the conductor. Uh, to which uh, Tulip hears that and is like, ah, uh, yep, hi, conductor, you know you know him? You know him? Hi, I, I need to find the conductor immediately uh, or I'm going to die because this number's on my hands. Uh, also, hi, I'm Tulip. I probably should have said that first. Yeah, I, first of all, I love that Tulip is just rolling with it at this point. Like, fuck it. This cat is talking. It's in a vest. It's just a normal-sized cat. There's a slime guy here. Like, there, there is no time wasted. Like, man, all this stuff is real weird. Like, no, we're just going. There's no... We're just going. I mean, yeah, like... At a certain point, you just kind of have to roll with it, right? I nearly got my soul sucked out by a fucking cockroach hellhound. What else can happen? Yeah, I I just saw a guy get eaten by the sky. <laughs> I think that the question period is over. And of course, this cat is voiced by Captain Janeway herself. Um, she did sound familiar to me, but I don't know why she sounded familiar to me. I haven't seen any Trek. Uh, I... I... 
she's she's done a lot of, she's done a lot of other stuff too she's been in like um i think she's been in like a couple of um documentaries actually just as like a voice person for oh, them right didn't she get someone got like scammed into narrating a fucking ancient aliens documentary i think it might have been her oh that's right yeah she did she totally did get scammed into being like the um the the voice for like a like was it a flat earth documentary it was was, no no it was a um it was a uh the sun is the center of or the the earth is the center of the solar system documentary that's right yeah, because to to lend them some fucking credibility by having the Star Trek lady um, narrating it, I guess. It's so insane that they managed to scam like several people. They scammed Michio Kaku into showing up to that thing. Some people just don't like read what they're sent, or maybe they just didn't. They were very careful about what material they were provided. They had to have just been like totally like underhanded with those questions or something like those interviews like they had to have like chopped and skewed that stuff and in this she is uh playing a much more reputable cat than those heliocentrics not that much more reputable i feel like this cat is shady yeah this cat's also kind of a scam artist but, uh, yeah she's the cat's like oh i will of course take you to the conductor but you know I, or i would but my shuttlecraft is you know I'll bust it up, and I, um, you know, I, 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 I kind of want. Uh, of course, if I it was fixed, I would, I would gladly bring bring your plight to the attention of my good friend, the conductor. Yes, uh, but smart cat, she doesn't do anything for no. free. Um, so, so Tulip's like, okay, okay, I've got like twelve dollars and like a Canadian penny and a couple of various coins. And the cat's like, no, 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 no. Money doesn't really hold any value here on the train. Makes sense. But items of curiosity, those, those are worth something. That little orb is very curious. Yes. And so she's like, I, if you give me the funny orb, I will, uh, and fix my ship, I will, I will, uh, I will get the conductor for you. And Tulip kind of thinks it over, um he we should say that one one is hanging out with the slime man who is named randall um yeah this guy's randall he's great we love randall he's what a great design he has he's just like a big puddle like a big water guy with just a very sort of flat like stick man face basically it's just two dots in a line he reminds me so much of this one very specific pokemon He's like this, this blue Quagsire. Like Quagsire, yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks so much like Quagsire. Totally Quagsire. He's like Quagsire if he was made entirely out of water, and also just like <laughs> this is a really great touch. Whenever the water people are like not talking and they're just staring at you, like expect expectantly waiting for you to say something, just like a like a water cooler glunk yeah. happens. Mm-hmm it's really it's really great. good um and but tulip is like you know what okay fine i will i'll entrust one one to you that seems fine i just gotta get off this train so yeah well uh before we before we move on from from this little scene here though there's also like another important sort of thing that happens here where um one one is 
is uh is sort of talking with with everybody and uh gives her a little a little flowers like oh look i found i found one of you and he thinks it's a daisy uh, he thinks it's a tulip but it is in fact actually just a daisy yeah because uh i think someone asks why she's named tulip uh i forget if it's one one or if it's the cat um i believe it's i believe yeah, it's so one. why are you named tulip anyway um is it because of your big bulbous head and she's like no uh, it's because uh, like birth complications apparently I had breathing issues but I, I bounced back like a perennial flower yeah and uh and then the cat is uh the cat is like so you could have been named after any perennial plant you could have been named after horseradish <laughs> no i couldn't have been named after horseradish um uh, it's pretty but... funny i, I actually again the the level of like how like shockingly personal this show gets like really quickly is it's it's kind of it's kind of a lot like it's it's really like it's like it's it's kind of cool actually just how like the show doesn't waste any time it doesn't like get bogged down in very much it just sort of immediately says things it, there's not like this large build-up to things happening it's just sort of like these topics just happen at like immediately and it's 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 a very different approach to like what i'm sort of used to yeah like there's no the big reveal about tulips past like no we just learn it basically everything pretty much from the start it's like she likes developing games her parents are divorced this is why she's named Tulip. All of this sort of stuff. Like, there's no... The train is more than enough, like, mystery to unravel. Um, rather than, like, hinging it all on your on your main character. And plus, it, it helps with immediately endearing you to your protagonist, which you're gonna... Who are you, who are you gonna be following? Like... If you if you know a lot more about her from the start, and she's on this insane like journey through this this crazy train, um, she and and you like you are able to ground her immediately from the start. Uh, it's way easier to to sort of uh, connect with her. I think. Yeah, I think that's a hundred percent true. Um, uh, but yeah, so well, okay, hang on. They... Before I, I, I think during this scene is when uh, the cat or tulip is like, okay, well, what's with these numbers? Does it means I'm going to die, right? And the cat's like, well, who the fuck told you that? Uh, well, one one did, and this is when she's like, oh, okay, well, let's see here. Say one one. Do you think I'm your mom? It's like, yes, maybe. Eh, too furry or not furry enough. Um, and this is when <laughs> she says, she's like, how does she address me? She's like tell me white ball um what is what are you yeah she's, for? she's like tell me white ball if i turn if i turn this into a donut would this be your mom and he's like yeah okay sure that makes sense <laughs> and she's like and if i put the hat on uh, does that make you know what does that make me your mom and he's like uh i don't know maybe and the cat's just like turns to him was like he doesn't know what he's fucking talking about but when i when she when i was when we were watching this, I I had to run that back. It's like, what did she, I? I knew she said white ball, but it just sounded like he, she called him white boy. It did really sound like she called him white boy. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I 
I hate the infinity train. All of the Randalls are pointing at me and chanting, Go, white ball, go, white ball, go. <laughs> God. Anyway, they, they uh... need to find a gear for this cat's funny little, like, steampunk spaceship. Um, and Ran- Yeah, this, li- this little orb thing. Randall's... A lot of orbs in the show. There are a lot of huh? orbs. And uh, but but Randall's like, oh, I know where to get that, and he parts the Red Sea, um, and there's just a town full of him underneath there. Yeah, there just a town full of funny little water guys, and they live in like big sandcastle style houses, and they seem to like always be trying to sell each other things. Like there's you just walk by a bunch of people that seem like they're they're just like trying to sell each other like various items and they have like various items like inside of them like whatever their like their current favored item of the day is is like what is inside of their little liquid bodies yeah like there's like a guy who has like a seaweed and there's a guy who has like a shell the guy has a shell that looks like a bow tie yeah, gotta love that. Yeah, but it's guy. like they're all bartering. It's not like they're they're like selling stuff. It's like I want something for this, and I'll give you this. Um, there's a lot of neat little quick world building you get in each of these cars, where it's just like you get an understanding of who these water guys are, and like what their deal is, because because like she's got the the um, the flower that one one gave her behind her ear, um, and the the Randall and the bow tie is like I want that for this gear. Um, and she's like, well, it's not really for sale. My friend gave it to me. And he was like, well, I saw it and now I want it. So that's what you're going to have to give me. Yeah. And then, and, and one, one like makes a comment like, and that's, that's, that's a lovely gift that a, lar- a lovely heartfelt gift that I gave my friend, Miss Tulip. And I would be, I'd be very sad if she were to give that away. And so she's like really reluctant to at first, but you know, she's like, oh, I really do want to get out of here. So, okay, fine. Take the, take the flower. I'll take the gear. And, uh, and she walks off and, and one, one's very sad about so it. So sad. Um, I guess we should, you made the orb sad. You made the orb sad. Um, we should say that the tulip says something about like, when the cat asks her to fix her shuttlecraft, she's like, well, I don't know about, uh, I tinkered with stuff a little bit with my dad. And I think earlier in this episode, she's talking to one, one about like, listen, we got to stay focused. You got to work first. So then you can play. Um, and she talks about like fixing go-karts with her dad and she could drive them around before she could resell, uh, before he resold them. We like what you were talking about with all of the personal stuff. Like we just get so many of these little anecdotes that Tulip tells. Yeah, like it really, it really genuinely fleshes her out as like a person, as a character, in a way that like it's it's just very personal. Like she, it it feels really good. Like it, I think I think they're doing a great job of like building her up as as a, as a character here, and and it's also just like. This is this is a show that uh, really does extremely wear its themes like on its sleeve. Um, like none of none of it's like really couched in anything. It's just very like on the nose with it, um, which I also really like. I, I like that a lot. Like just just the fact that it's like, hey, your friend 
you know, gave you a heartfelt gift. Uh, but you know, you, you know, you have to decide, uh, is it, is it time, is it time to, to, for, for fun or is it time for work? You know, you don't have time for friends right now. You need to get the work done and get off this train. And, you know, she has to realize that, you know, maybe that's a bad way of looking at things. It's just the way that it's just very blatantly laid out like that is it's nice. Like it's it's kind of refreshing. And it continues when the cat flies off with one one. Um, the shuttlecraft, by the way, is extremely cool. The way it operates is that it shoots like a like a like a badminton thing. Um those have a oh shuttlecock. That's what I was like. I was like the badminton thing has a really funny name. Um, yeah, it shoots like a shuttlecock sort of situation, and it sticks to a wall, and then the orb magnetizes to it and rides it around. It's really it's really cool looking. Um, yeah, so the cat flies away, and she is kind of left on this coastline to wait for the conductor to get back to her. Um, and Randall tries to sell her the donut holder, and she's like, "No, not interested." So he instead he's like, "Well, maybe I need a more diverse market uh, to sell to." So he just starts budding. <laughs> yeah, he makes like six duplicates of himself who all just start talking to each other, and then he's like, "Hey, why don't you all become part of Team Randall?" And they're all just talking about their business and, um, and what they're saying is not actually relevant to anything uh, at all. But like, while Tulip has been sort of sulking on the coastline here, uh, very bored. And, and waiting for the cat to come back with the conductor. She's obviously having some conflicted feelings about giving away uh, her little her little buddy. And um, she sort of takes all of this talk that they're that they're having about like, you know, oh, it's great to work as a team. I love I love the fact that we're all so we're, we're friends and we're just working together and it's great. And she's like, oh, it's not that simple. It's more complicated than that. And she sort of works through her emotions at these slimes who don't really know anything. Yeah, they're just having their own conversation. She's the one who's, like, connecting it to her own stuff. Um, yeah. And so she decides, I, I can't leave him with this cat. I don't really know anything about this cat. Is she trustworthy? I, can you can you help me find the cat? And Randall's like, yeah, sure, hop on. And so she just like crawls into his gelatinous form, and then off they speed. Listen, it's not. <laughs> he's like, it's not that yeah, weird. It's like, fine. Into my body. It's not as weird as it sounds. Um, yeah, it's fine. Uh, and I also, I, I just, I like the way that she works through her emotions here because she's just like, yeah, you know, like, I don't know, the cat, the cat seemed trustworthy. It seemed fine. I mean, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to leave. I just wanted to go back to the real world i wasn't really thinking and i don't know it's just like it's it's just nice how it's like it's it's a very it's very efficient like the the way that they handle the actual writing um the dialogue choices and everything is very efficient but in a way that doesn't make it feel like rushed in any way it's kind of hard to explain what i mean here but like there's like a cadence to the way that tulip talks and the way that she works through her emotions and the way that these things in the show are happening where 
she's getting out a lot of information really, really quickly in a very dense fashion. Like the actual entire scene where she has a change of heart here takes place over the course of maybe a minute, like tops. But um, it doesn't actually feel like it was a short period of time. Like the writing, the quality of the writing is really, really good. You get this like really good sense of like emotions being worked through and it feeling like actual dialogue between people um as opposed to just the show trying to get through its material as quickly as possible i don't know it's like again it's it's kind of it's kind of blowing my mind right now how like the show is getting through so much in like a 12 minute episode it's honestly really impressive um because this is this is not like uh, an episodic show it, it is very much a a serialized story uh, that that carries through from episode to episode sure like you can you can set it in a bunch of different crazy places because of the conceit of the of the titular train but like the, you're going to be spending this time with these same characters in the same situation over the course of this whole like thing uh so taking the time the the precious seconds to really focus on dialogue and character building really pays off i think yeah for sure for sure um but yeah, so she she hops in into into Randall, and Randall sort of flies off in a little wave, and uh, they they both chase after the uh, the cat here, who's like, uh, it's, it's too late. You'll ne- you'll never get the orb back. I, I'm too fast for you. And she sort of hops to the next car and does like a bunch of funny maneuvers. Um, uh, but uh, but Tulip and Randall are in hot pursuit, and they manage to get on top of the the little ship here. And she's like, "Hey, Randall, can you seep in through the cracks of this little ship here?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, sure, I could totally do that." And we get just just a horrifying little scene, actually. Tiny little Randalls. All of them have faces. All of them are talking about their fucking multi level marketing scheme. <laughs> All of them are trying to sell the cat something. All seep into the shuttlecraft and like make all, make the control console spark, um, and they get uh, one one back. So yeah, Randall yeah. can do that, I guess. Randall's so scary. Yeah. We love Randall. Randall's very scary. He is much like he is very much like Mulholland, isn't he? He really is. This is a big, funny water guy who's also just very scary conceptually. Oh yes, uh, but yeah, she she gets she gets uh, one one back, um, and one you know she apologizes and everything, um, and and the cat's like, you know what, you're 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 never gonna get to the conductor. This train's too big. You'll you'll never make it. Um, but you know, she's, she's determined. She's, uh, she's going to make her, she's going to make her own way. With her, with her um, friends, not, not with your sort of, uh, sly and, and cunning ways, Miss Cat. Yes. And, uh, and that wraps it up, uh, for, for our first two episodes here. I, I gotta say, like, I, I was a little, I was a little wary of, infinity train like not necessarily of anything in it but um people were really hyping this one up and i was and i'm always like a little bit 
wary of stuff that gets hyped up because like some because a lot of the times i feel like stuff like that ends up being like either disappointing eventually or disappointing immediately but uh so far this is pretty good yeah it's very gripping immediately looks great sounds great killer cast very imaginative like setup i'm looking forward to to you know getting farther along this train yes i am too this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a very fun watch i think i'm very excited but uh we will continue our journey on the infinicast next time until then i have been one of your conductors nero and i've been the other one jane and we'll see you in the next car along the infinity train